Welcome to Still Talking Uncut. I'm your host, Big Easy, joined by my co-host, Sean Rixby. Grateful enough, privileged enough to have, you know, a true, true master of her craft, a two-time master stiller contestant. Um, she made it to the finals in that super long tournament, which I really enjoyed watching. Um, you know, operates her own distillery. Um, she's going to tell us all about it. Welcome to the show, Miss Michaela. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this for quite some time, Sean. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, leave it as to long, me. As long as you play Splain where it goes, we're happy. I know, so. I know where it truly belongs. Yeah, yeah everybody <laughs> does. So that's the way it goes. <laughs> welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you, Sean. Thank you. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh, you know, the new week starts out. We'll get this one over, and have another great weekend. So. Um, how we always start the show, Sean, show us that bush light peach. I heard the apple was coming back. Keep it classy. Oh. Yeah. And the water, you know. Mm-hmm. Is that water or, or... Is it water? <laughs> it's, well, I uh... hope, I'd hope it's actually water, you know, in a plastic <laughs> bottle. But as long as yeah. you drink it fast, it's not a bad, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's water. It's the natural spring water, 100%. Nice, nice, nice. So, is that all you drink it on tonight, Sean? Yes, sir. I'm going with uh, Uncle Dum Dum's corn liquor. I'm looking forward to trying that. Uncle Dum Dum was so, my first friend that I met on the show uh, when I landed for filming the first time. Okay, Daryl's a good guy. Yeah, he, he is. is. So, so easy. I gotta ask, which one do you like better? Do you like that one, or do you like the one at Sugarlands? Um, I, mean, I like this spot. one better. I like. I like this I one better, man. You know, I mean, there's more time, more love. You yeah, know? it's a little more love. Small batch, smaller batch, exactly. And it's right, equipment man. that you're familiar with too. Like I imagine, yep. you don't get a lot of test batches. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know. I haven't won yet. <clears throat> what, 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 Sean, Sean, you get the, your test batches on the show, right? <laughs> that's your test batch. Because <laughs> yeah, that's the and... only time you've ever distilled. Oh, absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, that's why I tell people I have ran a still three times. Now, now you probably ran one like nine. Yeah, at least nine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just a couple times. You know how it goes. One or two. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, let's talk about uh, how you got started. So I moved up to Portland about seven years ago. I was ready for a fresh start. My best friend is also a distiller here in Portland. So I ended up moving in with him, got a job doing farmer's markets for a local distillery, and then just kind of weaseled my way back on the production side. I'd done a lot of home brewing um, and always had an interest in it, but didn't have the opportunity until I came up here. So I got taken under the wing of a local distillery that was a family operation. I was their first ever employee and they taught me everything from the ground up. Yeah. Like recipe development, distillation, bottling, TGB paperwork, the whole nine (laughs) yards. (laughs) My favorite part of the job. Yeah. So the paperwork's everybody's favorite part of the job. (laughs) 
Like, I like taking notes. I don't like having to decipher my notes so that someone else understands them. Same. I like I, understanding my process, but I don't need I don't, anyone else to know it. <laughs> I don't like deciphering my own notes because I can't barely read them the next day. Like, well, man, what we, the hell does that say? Let's be honest. You got to take notes to decipher them. And <laughs> that's why I don't take notes. If you're anything like me, notes. then, yeah. It's, nah, like, it's well, up here, and then I forget, so... For me, it's I just need to find the random envelope that has all of my notes on it. <laughs> That's my problem. I always write them, just can't always find them. Nice. So what um what was your first recipe that you ever made? Yeah, you was talking about home brewing. Mm -hmm. what, what what were you brewing? Beer, wine, meat? Uh making cider. beer. So the first one that I really kind of like I remember being involved with was a uh, double black IPA. So it was kind of like a porter or a stout, but it had a higher hop content than those beers normally would. Ooh. So it had that like kind of chocolatey sweet, but then it finished kind of dry. So it was very coffee like. Okay. Uh, but the first thing I. Coffee. Oh, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I am not a coffee guy. <laughs> I do not like coffee. Well, uh, then I won't dredge up the recipe for you. <laughs> All right. Thanks. I mean, share. Share. It ain't about me. The, the masses love yeah, coffee. We'll share. It's, about, we'll the, it's share. about the people, not me. They love coffee. Give them what they want. Um, but the first spirit recipe that I developed was an aquavit. It's a Scandinavian family of spirits that's kind of similar to gin. You start with your botanical maceration, and then mm -hmm. oftentimes you have botanicals in a gin basket. But instead of using juniper, the main flavor is caraway. So it tends to more be on the savory side than the floral or kind of like, it still has earthy notes, but a lot of them are barrel aged as well. So you and then wine or whiskey barrels. So there's a huge variety of different flavors that you can do. And the distillery I worked at had usually seven to eight different kinds of aquavit. It's, it's crazy the different flavors that barrels put into other alcohols. You know, like yep. a lot of people are so used to like barrels putting flavor into bourbon. Um, but mm -hmm. you, go, you go somewhere and you see wine or, or beer aged in a, you know, it's whatever. And it's just mm -hmm. crazy how. How barrels change so many different types of alcohol. Well, especially when you compare it to a whiskey versus finishing it in a barrel. So if you're going more than six or nine months, you really are competing with like woody flavors and it's uh, a heavier age spirit. But if you get a wine barrel that already has liquid in it, it's not going to interact with the wood as much. So you'll get a lighter, I guess, like impartation of flavor. Uh, a lighter yeah. like influence on it, but and a like turnaround too. Or, yeah, because I'm not real big into uh, barrel aged or rapid aged or anything like that myself. For sure. <clears throat> yeah, I think the we did have one that was like a straight whiskey aquavit, and that was three years, but everything else was less than a year. Okay. And we used so rye whiskey barrels and wine barrels. Nice. Do you do you prefer the bigger barrels to the smaller barrels, or do you have a preference? Or it kind of depends. I've used both, especially with Aquavit. We use a lot of eight gallon uh, barrels because, again, like you don't want to 
fully age it. So if you can just put a little bit in there, check how it tastes. It's easier for research and development and also only doing a little bit at a time mm -hmm. to make sure you're not stuck with extra bottles mm -hmm. for storage. Understandable. I yeah. like that uh, research and development part. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my favorite part. That's why I'm, we always have snacks in the distillery. It's like, I'm okay, a, is this a heavy tasting day? Bring out the the cheese and crackers. Mine's research and destruction because I destroy things. Oh, <laughs> there's, there's a lot. There's a lot more destruction than development. There's a little bit of development in there, but not enough. Research and um, consumption. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't have one without the other. So it's true. So what do you prefer to drink as far as, like, say, if it was something that you didn't make and mm -hmm. you could get it anywhere from anybody or any distillery or whatever? I mean, what what spirit do you prefer? That's a really good question. I think from a curiosity standpoint, I would say rum as a category is something I don't have a lot of experience with. So if I had the opportunity to try, like, any rum anywhere – then now, that would now, be now would it be a spiced rum or would it be a clear rum i would probably do a clear or an aged rum uh the one of the distilleries i work at we do a spiced rum and i do like the kind of balance of the sweet spices in the rum but i'm very much a like i prefer drinking spirits that don't have any stuff added post distillation other than maybe barrel aging uh, I don't like sugar added to spirits as much. It's a texture thing for me. So like there are very good. Ex yeah, there are very good examples of that. But I prefer clear liquor because I think part of the mystique and the draw of the craft for me is figuring out how to impart flavors during that like chemical process during that manufacturing you know, whether it's through infusion or gin mm -hmm. baskets or oh my gosh you know. getting introduced to a thumper i was like <gasps> the world is my oyster <laughs> and it's closed with a triclamp have, was... have you used the jars yet have you have you used the jar setup yet uh no not yet that Sean, is something i know Sean, i gotta Sean, you, you gotta uh <laughs> that's flatlander man here you with sean on that that'd be super uh, cool have you have you tried adding um, infuser to your thumper yet, to where you can impart flavors throughout your run? No, the only thumpers that I've ever had a chance to use were on the show. Okay, I, yeah. I imagine in, in the distillery. Uh, what kind of? Well, tell us about the kind of setups that you're running yeah. um, every day at the distillery. It's a good segue. So I learned on electric stills, but. The two places that I work are steam operated stills. So when you say electric, do you mean like electric element or the Bain uh, Marie or whatever? The, if there's a difference, I don't really know. Oh, so one had an electric element in it, and then one we ratchet strapped to a hot plate, like a big hot plate. Well, so we had, nice. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's you yeah. piqued my interest on that one. When, yep. when you say ratchet strapped it to a hot plate, like. Oh, like, I learned so that was at the family owned distillery and we made so many different kinds of projects and products but we were in a fairly small space so each still I guess we had the whiskey still and the gin still and that wasn't ever fully disassembled because it was a pretty big one but we had a bunch of different hand hammered like tops for it um, 
and all made by one of the kids of the owners. He was also an owner. So, like, so much of our stuff was manufactured by us for our specific projects. And that was a really cool experience to learn from. Um, so, yeah, like, we had to build the still each time. Like, our engineering still, the rap ratchet strap one, that was our workhorse still. And the top everything the whole setup we disassembled cleaned and then reassembled each time now was that um was that like a paste style still or did uh, it have tri clamps and it was tri clamps and okay. silicone gaskets gotcha, gotcha. <clears throat> yeah that's cool that's that that's what i like to hear about you know is everybody like because everybody starts somewhere different or mm -hmm. You know, they build their still or they haven't built, but like, you know, if you run, even if you buy a still and you, and you ran it for a good amount of time, you know, things happen, holes pop in it, you know, shit gets yep. bent. Like, you, you know, have you got to gotta turn it like one quarter turn after you get it mounted just <laughs> yeah. so it's actually in the sweet spot. Cause at one time you forgot to turn it down um, right after it came up to temp and you got a little warpy. Yeah, that's how it goes. You know. <laughs> I, I, I've heard anyways. I've never experienced it, that before. It's like driving a car. It's always something different the more miles you put on it. You know, yep. so there's going to be things you got to adjust to and you got to figure out. And, and it's, and, you know, it never runs the same. It's, but, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know how it is in a big distillery, but, you know, in, in, in the woods or in your garage, it, it never runs the same two days in a row. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's always something different. Yeah, my main distillery being in a restaurant, there's always like doors opening, people, sometimes there are events, so the humidity, the weather yeah. affects it because we use city water for or for cooling. So I was brewing in a like local brew pub, so I had familiarity with that experience and everything there was manual. So for the mash like temp water, I had this fidgety little ball valve that I had to just like tap, 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 tap. That was too much. But then you got to start all the way over and then try and tap, tap, tap. So I just learned how to be really aware of each aspect of like what's going on in my production so that I can make those adjustments. But again, that makes it so that each one is different. And it oh, also yeah. is my little ADHD fidgety fingies. Now, when um when you talk about the main distillery, uh, what mm -hmm. what's the name of this distillery and where's it at? Uh, so it's called Shine Distillery, but uh, in between, uh, or I guess recently, the restaurant that it was attached to, uh, unfortunately, had to make the decision to close down. So we are going to try and continue the brand, but it'll be in a different environment sooner than later yeah where it was a, a tough decision for them for sure but we are gonna you know we'll make it work yeah things happen keep yeah keep rolling that's what it's yep. about so, so i we'll... oh go ahead oh no no you go ahead uh, i was gonna say so i'm very fortunate to also work at uh, now one of the oldest distilleries in Portland and they do a huge variety of whiskeys, brandies, gins, vodkas. Um, and I've gotten a lot of more, or I guess a lot more fermentation experience, like making mashes, supervising those. It's all open, open fermentations. So I was like, oh, I got this. 
<laughs> so what's your favorite thing to make? Well, my favorite thing to drink from there is the pear brandy, but we're getting ready to make that this year. We just got 18,000 pounds of pears delivered. So I think it's about to be my least favorite thing. Uh, yes. <laughs> to process so you guys them. are doing it uh, the hard way. Yep. That's, that's that, cool. Now, 100% pears, right? No sugar. Correct. To, yep. To keep, to keep it a real, real brandy. Nice. 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 Yep. And we do several deliveries. I think they said three or four. So we'll go through all of our totes, load them in the hopper, crush them, and then we put the juice into totes, pitch the yeast, let it ride. Nice. So you're just using the juice. You're not using any of the the pulp? Uh, No, Um, we'll we'll have pulp too. So that's going to be the least favorite part is you have to break that to agitate it. So yeah. That's I'm gonna have noodle arms. <laughs> I, I, I did a hundred pounds once by myself to make me a thirty gallon mash because you know there's there's not a whole lot of there's there's good sugar there but you know it's Mm-mm. not like you grab an apple it's not like that you know it's yeah. a little, little bit less on the sugar content so you got to use a little more and so you got to work a little harder for it so if you're gonna do a pair you're gonna work for it and you're gonna put that love into it so I would I would love to try that. Because I'm um, I'm a brandy guy, I love some good brandy. So, oh, awesome! Yeah, I'd love to send you some. Well, <laughs> she didn't say you, Sean. You won't share. Don't send, <laughs> yeah. If you're gonna send it, send it to me so I at least get to try it. Now I always share with Sean. I say, "Here you go, buddy." There you I, go. I got I was this for say, you. Who's more responsible, holding on to it, or is that a moot point? <laughs> Just give it to me. I won't drink at all, that's for sure. So <laughs> you'll save him the last little bit that settles at the bottom after you're done with the bottle. <laughs> he, he gets what he gets. So. I can appreciate a good brandy. Even though yeah. I can't make a good brandy, I can appreciate it. Well, it's so interesting oh, that up. it's like a <laughs> oh yeah, I guess I can't can neither confirm nor deny. Um, but it's so interesting that it's very similar principles to making whiskey, which is what I have the most familiarity with, but it's also different in its own way. Like making mead, making beer, wine, they're all a little different. And I, uh, I make pretty good beer. I would like to think, but I've made terrible wine and terrible mead. Like it's just, it's interesting that it just takes a little bit different kind of like nuance or knowledge. And that's the best part about it, you know. I mean, everything's a little different. So, you know, if you're making a wine, you use a wine yeast. Well, you can. Or or I say making wine. If you're making a brandy, you know, you can use a wine yeast or you can use mm-hmm. a bread yeast, you know. Where, where you're at. Um, okay, well, yeah, let's talk about that first. Yeah. What do you prefer as far as yeast goes? Like, are you, you know, are you a distiller's yeast? Are you a bread yeast? Do you wine yeast? Yeah, I mean. I think I... I'm kind of in between because I, coming from a brewing background, know how much a yeast can affect the flavor of the mash. But I also know. Oh, uh oh. (laughs) (laughs) Is this a hot topic of debate? Because no, oh, okay, I was like, I'll send beer samples with three different yeasts, and I will change somebody's mind. Um, (laughs) It's for sure, you know, when you're you're making it into a wine or a meat or a beer. Mm -hmm. Even a, even a brandy, you know, it all makes a difference. It makes a mm-hmm. difference. But when, yeah. when, when you're bottling it straight and not distilling it, 
I think it makes so much more of oh, a difference yeah. Yeah. than if you're going to distill it. And that's what a lot of new people need to understand. Like if you're going to drink it and you're just going to make, if you're going to make it a wine or meat or beer mm-hmm. and that's how you're going to drink it. Or if, even if you're going to turn it to brandy, but you're going to save some of it for a wine. Right. Well, you better use a good yeast. that's going to have it tasting really, really the way you want to, or you're going to be upset. You're going to be like, ah, I'm just putting all this in the still. Like, like yep. you don't you don't put bread yeast in, <laughs> in in the stuff that you want to be wine because it's not going to be real good. Yeah, you know it's not going to be how you would want it to taste. But once you distill it, you know then it gives you different aspects. Even still, mm-hmm. it still gives you different aspects. Like I find I'm a bread yeast guy. You know Sean is too. I find it to give uh, um, fruit a more nutty finish on the back mm-hmm. end. Um, I think it makes uh, grain a little sweeter, you know, mm-hmm. some people might think it definitely, but for my palate, that's how I feel it is. So yes, you're hundred percent right. Yeast is, yeast is a crucial part to flavor. Well, and I think the important thing with that is like, it doesn't need to be a right or a wrong discussion either. Nope. Cause there are some aspects where a beer yeast wouldn't work because it doesn't do well in higher alcohol percentages. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. the yeast attenuation, how well it can thrive, what you use to help it on its way. It's like not everyone needs to use uh, like a nutritional yeast. Like we do some flour washes where we use like ground flour and enzymes. Well, we don't need to use yeast nutrient because there's already so much fine particulate mm-hmm. in there for the yeast to like not have to use its energy to move around to get all those sugars. So like if there are multiple ways to achieve a delicious thing, and I think that's the most important and honestly best part of this. Yes. Yeah. Why why nitpick who's right when we could celebrate everybody who's right? Yeah, we're all right. <laughs> yeah. We're all drunk. Yes. Like Huz fucking Zah. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> damn right. <laughs> Got you drunk in the end. That's all that matters. So that's yeah. Right. And you don't have a headache. <laughs> that's right. You know, you don't wake up the next day hurting. That's so, definitely it's different. You said something about enzymes. So are you mm-hmm. like if you do a grain? Mm-hmm. And your answer may be completely different if you're just say if you were doing it at home. I don't know. Yeah. Um, But what do you do? You prefer to use liquid enzymes or powdered enzymes, or do you prefer to use them all? Um. So I have only ever used liquid enzymes. So in that regard, I don't have experience to have a preference. Um, Both distilleries where I've used liquid enzymes uh, or used enzymes. They've been liquid ones. It's, okay. In a distiller, I mean, it's it's a yeah. fun, it's money. It's it's so much easier, and you it's about it a it's about yeah, it's about dollars and cents. You know, you could just and it's guaranteed. You know, yep. it's guaranteed. Them enzymes is going to if there's sugar there or there's starches there, they're going to convert them into sugar. It's guaranteed. You don't have yep. to worry about holding temps to use the barley or getting a bad batch of barley with you know that was that was grown poorly. And it's got uh. Or aesthetic power. Well, that's one thing. Uh, Alan Bishop, you know, he was telling Mm -hmm. me a while back where he was getting uh, six row. Well, something happened and all of a sudden they were sending him two row. And he's like, what the fuck is going on here? You know, it it just wasn't working right. Right. And and, in situations like that, too. Oh, man. I hope he wasn't trying to lauder. Because that means that mesh got stuck. (laughs) (laughs) What a... You know what a what a big difference between uh, two row and six row. You know, mm-hmm. and not like not only the you know the diastatic power of it, 
but the uh, the flavor, you know, the, yeah. the different flavors of the two. They, and you don't think about it, but there it is, you know, and it's just like, and yeah, it, it's going to take you a little more or be a little harder to convert all that with the with the the two row. You know, it's just because I mean, I see two rows more of a a beer. That's what I was yeah. going to ask. A more more of a beer style um, barley, whereas I see six row as a liquor barley. You know, <laughs> that's what it, that's what it's what it's there for, and it does a damn good job of it. So. Well, six row and beer is really nice because when it's milled, you have all of that extra husk material. So sometimes for big grain beers that we would build, uh, that we would brew, we'd use rice hulls as a sort of a spacer to help make sure that during the uh, conversion period, it didn't just turn into like a gloppy, I guess, like puck. So mm-hmm. there was so much uh, starch and sugars in there. So we'd use the rice hulls. But if you use some six row, you have a lot more of that husk material. Mm-hmm. So you could still have barley while not just having to add empty space. Nice. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah. go ahead, easy. I say you see you, you see a lot of people who get into distilling that have backgrounds in brewing mm-hmm. really excel in distilling quickly because mm-hmm. you've done the hard part. You make good beer, you've done <laughs> you make <Yeah>. good beer, <laughs> you know, you've done the hard part. The super hard part because you've you've walked the the sanitation line, you yeah. know, and and you know you've walked that. Oh man, it it I got too much air in it now it's spoiled, you know. Yeah. Or, oh my gosh. Or, or oh my god, I didn't I didn't I didn't clean this one little dipstick I put in there. It's all ruined. They're like oh, it tastes sour. It's done. Yeah. So like, like you want you master that and and you see a lot of people they're like man I've I've been making beer for a long time I don't know if. I've been wanting to get into the still, and I've been wanting. It's like, dude, you—it's easy, man. You, you got yeah. the hard part down. You go on ahead yeah. and get over there. You're going to be all right. So, well, and there are also like extra mishaps that can happen with brewing too, uh, like specifically dry hopping. Uh, I was having to push this beer, and it wasn't—it was like done fermenting, but it still had a lot of yeast in suspension. So I'm up on this like twenty barrel fermenter on a ladder. And I'm dumping 30 pounds of fro- like dry, what is that? Freeze-dried hot pellets into it. And when they hit the surface and start to break apart, that agitation can get the yeast excited and it will spew foam. So you have to like drop a little bit of hops in there and then literally like listen and like, eh. okay, nope, I'm not gonna have a bad day. Not gonna um, have a bad day. Yeah, but I didn't have a chance to fully cold crash this before it had to get out the door. So I dump my few hops in and listen. <laughs> and I even do it one more time because I know I'm like, this beer's not done. Get the rest of them in. I go to put the port back on and I go to pull the tri clamp around it. And it just, the whole top of it just goes foomp. And I was like, oh, God, no. So I managed to grab it and catch it and try and cram it back on. And then the foam starts shooting out. <laughs> and I'm just oh, nice. holding it. So it's trying, it's spewing away from me. Hello. That, that but, reminds oh me my of <laughs> my first, my first mishap with baking soda. And I oh. created the volcano. <laughs> I, you know, 
If if you can afford it, buy the five point two stabilizer for your home distiller. <laughs> See, I was, was going to ask you about that. Uh, I seen you commented, and I've I've never used that. So what exactly is that? Just like a pH buffer kind of thing? It, it's just, just it's just a balancer. You can add it before. You can add it during. If you have a crash, and it's just like you, some people add use oyster shells. Yep, because they I dissolve slowly sure. to yeah. to try to to keep your pH right. It's kind of the same thing. It's just you dump it in. It's a powder, and it's just supposed to help it maintain without the crash. And some hmm. people use it. I, I like to live dangerously. Give me that bacon soda. I wanna, I'm gonna make <laughs> magic or a mess. Like it's it's not sketchy enough for me. So yeah, as long as um, it's not in the living room, you're probably good. Yeah, as long as as long as I'm not dumping twenty gallons of corn corn in the living room then the wife won't be mad so there's no problem so um, while we're on that subject you got any good stories for us like oh man i did this and and i shouldn't have and you know you gotta, you gotta have at least one really good yeah. one so we're we're uh we're being joined by america and whiskey they go come in and ask some questions can you hear us easy yes sir yes sir. oh no. shit we're in all right Jason, so, say hi. they can hear you at least yo 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 Yes, Hello. sir. All right, so we're going to hear oh, Michaela's uh, good story about. There, I think. So, fill us uh, in. so yeah, that the the dry hopping incident was probably the messiest day uh, in brewing, at least. <laughs> um, there was like uh, hundreds of gallons of hoppy, <laughs> foamy, yeasty beer just spraying all over this brewery and it was not a big space we had three four feet in this little like tea to move around so it just coated two of the walls i'm standing there on top of the tank on a ladder trying not to get totally drenched and the owner of the restaurant peeks his head in after it's like all done and he was like And just shuts the door. <laughs> like, oh, no. And I was like, just don't, don't even, you made me finish this beer. Just don't, don't even, don't even look at me. <laughs> That's just get away. Yeah, just. Get away, get away now. If you shut the door, then it's like you never see it. You don't have to help clean it up. I yeah, understand. exactly. Well, he, he, he it was his fault that this was happening. So he was like, we need that beer by now or by like a couple of days. I was like, it's not ready till the end of the week. He's like, well, we need it. Okay. Nice. <clears throat> the I told you so was audible <laughs> in the silence. So um, when when you, you went on Master Distiller the first time, did you apply mm -hmm. to be on the show? No, I was fortunate enough to... Uh, have someone reach out to me. They sent a message for the first season because I had started posting more about spirits that I released that first Aquavit. It was a dill pickle Aquavit. So, I mean, that was like kitschy enough that people were talking about it. So they reached out to see if I would be interested and I met up for season two. Nice. Hey, um, what was the episode that you were on in season two? Uh, Absinthe. So I was there with Mina, who won, and then Dylan from California. She said absent. 
I can't handle it. It is the green fairy. Well, fairy talking about Anthony and absence, so yeah, that that just hit one. home right there. It's not a good one. <laughs> so I I first tried absinthe. I was like eighteen, mm-hmm. and um, that was when it wasn't legal here. And my stepdad, he was all about he'll import some stuff from overseas. He wants to try. And he, you know, he, he had tried it before when he was over in Europe. And so he imported some and he gets out, he gets out the spoon and the cubes and the ice, we looshes it. Mm-hmm. He's like, try this. And, you know, like, this is illegal. You can't, you can't make this. And I tried it. I'm like, that is the worst thing I've ever tried. Oh, and I finished yeah. drinking it. I was 18. You know, I didn't, I didn't turn it away, but oh man, I did yeah. not like it. And then I got a little older, you know, and I was, you know, I wanted to relive my, my past and, so I went to the store. I bought a fifth of it, and I'm doing it up. And I tried. I'm like, I didn't like this the first time. Why'd I buy this? I end up giving it to my cousin. Like y'all party on this, man. Yeah. And they drank it straight from the bottle, and I'm just like, oh, oh dude, my god. No uh, yeah, you can't drink it straight from the bottle. Oh, yeah. Big easy. Can I add something here, bro? Yeah. Can the big stirs just add something real fast, Big Easy? Yeah. Go Listen, ahead. we go to Dayton Barrel Works, Bill. You know, Bill. <laughs> Bill lines up the bar for our interview, man. There's like, I'd say 20 bottles. And the last one is this is this absent, but I didn't hear it because I'm half deaf. Anthony's sitting there staring at this bottle the whole time, oh by the looks way. Like liquid death. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Was so, green screen? He puts it this much in the shot glass and they set it down, and I'm already half toasted. So I pick it up and I just take the, the whole thing <laughs> straight and before I started, anything else. Before anything, I start gagging, hyperventilating, uh, and I decided amazing. I was going to be straight edge for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> that Never. didn't work out too no well. To it did not work out that way. But. So moving well, forward, I brought a jar over that someone may have given me, and I shook it in his face, and he said, what is that? I said, it's absence. He said, get that get shit away from me. <laughs> but everyone in here that knows absinthe, if you start with that, Nothing else you taste for the next 30 minutes is going to taste no, right. Not at all, it's yeah. like a mustard sandwich. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything tastes like absinthe after that point. Yeah, everything tastes like mustard after the old sandwich. Huh? I think that's so, a good so this has probably already been answered. We're a little late to the show here. Uh, Michaela, um, where can we get some of your stuff? <laughs> She's way far away. Yes, I am in you're never Portland, too far Oregon. From, you're never too far. Uh, but New Deal Distillery, which is, uh, the distillery where I'm like just a production assistant, not the head distiller, we do have distribution. So I know we are in multiple states across the U.S. Um, you can check on the website to find out where. My front door is always open. Do you guys ship? Yes, I will. I mean, that is in the Google Docs, right? Later. (laughs) Be prepared for FedEx deliveries. <laughs> oh, I will buy some tonight. Uh, um, so when you made absent on the show, was that the first time you had ever made absent, or had you, um, you know, dabbled in in the in the, the Green Fairy before? Had um, you blacked out before? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I had, but not from absent. <laughs> <laughs> the so the first time I made absinthe was after I was asked to be on the show. Uh, this was I thought you had to take whatever category they offered you because it was like, yeah, you're lucky to be on the show. So like, 
there you go. You're welcome. Yeah. And I had made a lot of botanical spirits before. So they were like, what do you think about absinthe? And I was like, I'll figure it out. Botanical <laughs> spirits. I was, yeah, I was thinking it exactly was like. What I said. Sounds yeah. like vodka. <laughs> Sounds like the vodka episode. Yeah. Sounds like the devil. Yep. So I uh, was doing some research and I saw that a lot of aquavit or nope absinthe sorry uh a lot of absinthe was made from beet neutral spirits and so i had the harebrained idea what if i use beets as the fermentable for the mash beets so yeah the first test where i just tried (laughs) it i was like well that's earthy af uh, <laughs> well, listen, but, <laughs> the ground they taste like the ground. Let's be honest, right? Well, and I was like, I absinthe has its own earthy qualities, but I don't think dirt is like one of them, yeah. Uh, so the next test batch that I did, I used activated charcoal and I mixed that in with the beets and the mash before I pitched the yeast. And as long as I let it all settle to the bottom, the whole mash was like clear mm-hmm. and it didn't have that like skunkiness. It had that like sweetness of like beets and borscht where it's been like kind of caramelized. It took away all of the earthy stinkiness nice. and it just made this nice kind of like floral note to it. So my ass flew with 30 pounds of frozen beets from Portland to fucking Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> I love it. No, no, no. Uh, my, 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 dry ice, of course. Uh, I froze it with dry ice. And then when I got to the airport, I took the dry ice out and just put regular ice packs in because they were like, it can't melt that much, but it yeah. can melt a little. But with dry ice, you have to mark that there is dry ice in there. Yeah, it's a, it's a you know. It's a whole it's a process. Yeah. And I was yeah, like, a, I already have level. this. Yeah, I was like, I already have a Coleman that's got silver ducting tape around it and it's ratchet strapped because I don't want to lose now, my now, What about all your botanicals? Uh, taking them on the plane. <laughs> uh, yeah, as yeah, you can well fair. imagine, I did get stopped because mm-hmm. I was already Keep checking a 60 pound Coleman cooler with all of my stuff in it. And so I had my clothes in two thirds of my duffel bag, a third of my botanicals. And then I had my backpack is my personal item. And then I had a little duffel bag with all of the other ones. And I had my yeast packets in there because I was like, I don't want to just, I don't want those to get lost. Yeah. Like if I lose everything else, like I'll buy clothes. Yeah, yeah you, the funny you, thing. You get anything but that yeast that you've Yeah, uh, everybody. So quick question. Bread yeast for the win. <laughs> uh I actually use distiller's yeast for this because uh, okay. the have, they have such a high sugar content, and I didn't want a lot of the beet flavor to carry over. So I was mostly interested in like the potential alcohol and then like a little beady flavor. So I was like, just rip nice. it hard and rip you it. You didn't back. want to carry some of that earthiness. You definitely did. Yes. Yeah. But not a but lot. Like just, but not a lot. <laughs> not so when all I was down it. there. When I went down there, um, I was in the hotel right there, the uh, Best Western. Yep. And uh, Mina comes pushing this damn 
Fucking, her uh, big but like botanical yeah. drying rack. I'm standing there, you know, and and, and she, she's come pushing. I'm like, I just look at her and I'm like, I'll be beside myself if I don't ask. But what the right. fuck? What the fuck is that? I'm sure sure you wasn't the first. (laughs) Oh, dude, you should see this thing. I mean, it was plumb full. Yeah, it was like one of those luggage racks, and she just had herb drying racks full of stuff. I saw that, and I was like, "Fuck, I'm not gonna win." I was like, "I've lost already." God dang! It's like my wormwood came in a bag. She did that on purpose. That was that was the intimidation. It was that I know. know. It's like when you size up at a fight, you're like, um, yes, I did harvest this myself. That's like remember the Titans coming out dancing and stuff, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah. It's psych you out in the beginning, yeah. Played a part later. So well well done. (laughs) Yep. She definitely oh, she killed it. But yeah, I did uh I got stopped, obviously, because I it's like lemon bomb. A bunch of green herbs in bags. And 80% I left... of it looks like marijuana. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. like, it looks more like it than oregano does. And people <laughs> fall for that. I'm like... Not a thing wrong with that at all. Yep. You no. live so, out loud. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and they started to like go through all my bag. And they saw the yeast packets. And they were like, we might have to open these. And I was like. I will tell you where the weed is as long as you don't open those. <laughs> I was like, you're barking up the wrong weed, okay? But please don't open my yeast packet. <laughs> Do not let oxygen hit that yeast no. packet. She was right. Cut somebody right there. TSA was about to get jacked up. Yeah, hey, I was saying, go I ahead and smoke that worm yeah, and see what it does to you. How hot's your sauna? <laughs> It, it looks was. like you're sitting in a sauna, bro. Oh. Your background looks like a sauna. I'm no, sorry. I'm yeah. like, I had to talk my shit. I'm sorry. Sean, he's always talking shit. You know that. Well, for, at first I was like, why? Am I sweaty? It's like my face is always <laughs> red. I was like, I'm not in a sauna. I I got my window open and it's raining because I'm like, oh, like so wax on, wax off, can, I can I jump yeah, in? This? We're, we're new to this. You guys have been talking. We kind of did our own little podcast tonight. Uh, what kind of still do you run now? Do you, do you run now or are you Okay. What uh, uh, are you copper? Are you stainless? What do you run now? So the main one that I run is combo copper stainless. It's a steam powered and it's a hybrid pot and column still. So I can use butterfly valves to either just run a straight pot still, or I can divert it into one of two columns. So I do all of my vodka and gins, agave, uh, all on that one machine. Nice. And then at the other one, it's a uh, all copper. So, where did you start? Did you start on copper? Did you start keg still? I mean, how did you start? Uh, I have With used a, a keg still, and that yeah, <laughs> I was like, uh, I have used a keg still in the before times. Um, but I started on electric, uh, electric and stainless. That was my next question: pots. gas or electric? Yeah. Uh, the first time I learned electric, one had an in-pot element, and then the other was ratchet-strapped to a heating plate, and that was a stainless uh, stainless pot with 
hand hammered copper modular tops. I would oh, love yeah. to see a picture of the one ratchet strapped to me the too. Well, see, I, I just, totally have old ones. I know uh, you do. From when uh, I was like, yeah, yeah. I'll see if I can drag, drag now, those up. I, I still do that now. <laughs> I do too, honestly. I'm just like, mm. I'm still right. a kid in a candy store. Like, even when I'm at home and I'm distilled, I'm still like, it still makes you a little giddy, you know. It's one of those things it like does, yeah. still makes you excited. It doesn't matter if you're doing it in your home on a keg, on a bever, you know, you're making liquor. It still it hit, hits you in your heart and it makes they you a little giddy. So, I've been saying that from the whenever when you invited us over there to to help run, uh it, it's literally oils. it's literally like <laughs> we're still in essential oils. It was the honestly, it was the biggest honor I've had, dude. It was the coolest thing. That I've ever been a part of just to see the process burn my hand that's still burnt and he's still, <laughs> he's oh, still no. burnt hand. Dude, my man. hand is still burnt, dude. It's, 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 you, gotta, you gotta tell her the story, Sturge. Tell me, Kayla. What'd I will say, tell Sean? you the story right now. <laughs> no, Sean wants the, the story to be told, so I'll tell him <laughs> I'll tell her the story. Right. Push Anthony So we're, we're sitting there, it's probably what mid-run. And Anthony's like, like, oh, this is hot here, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's going up and touch or starting from cool, going to hot, running their hand no, up. The first off, it looked like they oh. were caressing it. No, with we their, weren't. Was. It, looked like we they were. Were. it is a little bit. It is a little bit of a sensual rub. Yes, when you're like, come on, well, we were going from cool to hot. Sticks his hand no, on hot. Listen, <laughs> I saw Big Easy go over there and he took his hand. Oh. And he went. We know like where this. Big Easy's been, so let's. This is true. Up. But then I saw Sean walk over there, and he kind of Lee Master, I think, did it too. It looked like they were caressing a freshly shaved leg. So Guys I was like, knew what they were doing. I know how to stroke a well-shaved leg, so I go over there, and here's me. <laughs> yeah. said, too much pressure. Oh, shit. Right. And yeah. then Big yeah, Easy said, "You may not want to do that." And I said, "What do you mean? It feels hot enough." And then you could, <laughs> and then you could smell the skin. And then I was like, "I'm gonna go grab a sub." I'm like, "I'm like <laughs> literally sweat." I'm like, "I don't, I don't, I feel uncomfortable." Big Easy, I want you to go grab something. To eat. I, I couldn't grab um, nothing. I, I couldn't grab anything with my my hand for like three straight weeks. I was like. <laughs> And I couldn't understand. I'm like, how did those boys just like, they just touched and like, yeah, it's good heat. I'm like, that's not good heat. That's so hot. <laughs> but what he didn't see because angles, we were going from yeah. cool to hot. Yeah. So once easy. it started getting too hot, we pulled our hand off. He just right. went up. He noticed that we were there Very for a few hot. seconds, so he just went. It boom. was like I got electrocuted. Big <laughs> easy, like grabbed my wrist. Is like, no boy, no, 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 no. It was so a shocking, Kayla. I'm late to the party. And you guys may have already discussed this, um, but Michaela, you're in Oregon. Sean, um, you're I think down in Tennessee. No, uh, oh, Sean is in Kentucky. Kentucky. So, uh, Big Easy's on OnlyFans. I know Big Easy's yeah. on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Big Easy. Fun model, but uh, I, I saw Michaela. How did of you and too. Sean link up? I'm just that. That is a broad. It's master a broad map. So, master distiller. So how, yeah, we, Sean, how did you guys link up? Uh, we met on season two of a uh, Moonshiners master distiller. Man, it's too bad you couldn't join all the rest of these season two people at this class this weekend. Yeah. I know that is like 
Yeah, it burnt your hand. I love, love the opportunity to meet people from all over. The second time I did the tournament, I was there for 16 fucking days. Wow. Damn. Jesus. That, that's what we're uh, talking about next. So Michaela yeah. got to come oh, back right. and she got to compete in the, the tournament. Well, it was uh, Outlaw versus Legal, right? And so it was it was three versus three. So you know it's a six person competition of you know there was some talent sitting there. Oh man. <laughs> there, there was some, you know, oh. I, I remember when that it first came out, I was just like, no way. Uh, I was like, I can't go home first again. I will literally crash the fucking plane if I go home first again. Like, please, wow. please, everything. Wow. Uh, 11. Oh, wow. Uh, so, Michaela, um, I, I don't know much about those episodes. How did you do yeah. on that? Yeah. Um. So, I won the first challenge, um, and I made it to the finals beat all the other legal distillers and then went head to head with the outlaw champion. Uh, oh. And then I took second. And, I did uh, not win. So who was the outlaw champion? Uh, Kelly Tennille. And this was a twofold really kind of sweet experience because both Kelly and I went home first on our episodes despite knowing what the F we're talking about and <laughs> being like damn good distillers. You can say that F word, by the way. I, I, <laughs> I like don't say it. And I'm like, time and place. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, it's more, it's more, uh, I guess impact. If I just say F yeah. fudge, we know. were the fudging. Yeah. Fudge. I like that. So we went home first with a big chip on our shoulders and we got to the hotel around the same time. And I had a rental car this time. So we went to Taco Bell, got beer, and just were like, we're going to fucking do it this time, aren't we? And I was like, yeah. fuck yeah, we are. Uh, then we dubbed ourselves the Chaos Gremlins. And our mantra was, worst two first. Worst two first. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was it, it was amazing. What was it? Two, two or three episodes uh, long. Three. Yeah. Three. It was just, you know, from, from the beginning to end, you know, you could just uh it was great. It's a great watch. If you haven't go if you haven't seen it, you gotta go watch it. Um, season two is solid. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's I think season two is the best season. Me too. Know, I agree. But, I mean season five was pretty good, but season two and, <laughs> and all except episode nine, that one was kind of heavy. Oh, wow. um, yeah. I don't know about that one, but you know, the wrong person won the hat. <laughs> <laughs> right, plus season two, episode two, just has a really great ring to it. It does, you I, know. It's all about the two. So, about to go I, I'm with one. Michaela. Um, I had a buddy. He did a uh, Top Chef. Um, the whole I don't I don't know what um, cable program they're on, but my buddy Tyler Byers. He did Top Chef, and then he nice. had to um, the fourth the fourth episode in. He ended up losing out, but he came back for another like nice. Top Chef like revival like battle series. Yeah, um, he came back for that challenge, and he ended up making it to the final episode. And it was just like, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? He's like, I'm doing anything I can to survive. Like you're not be you're not being malicious, but Everybody yeah, oh, else yeah. has kind of made it. Like, <laughs> like they won championships. So it's your chance. Like, 
it's your second time back. Like, hey, those guys won. It's my turn. Like, I'm going yeah. to scratch, wall, fight, not stab somebody in the back, but I'm going to punch and just go at it. Yeah. We, I think it also helped that I had a little better understanding of the competition, too. I, I mean, absinthe is very complicated anyway, but because I only had like a couple of weeks to put everything together the second time, I just was like, okay, bop, 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 how can I do this efficiently, simply, and creatively, but not going too crazy. The cement mixer aside, I feel like I kept it pretty simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. In case you don't know, you know, they, um, at, at a point in the in the Outlaw vs. Legal episode, they had to quick age, you know. And so everybody, some people use electrolysis, some people use spirals and cubes, and some people shook. Michaela rolled in a cement mixer, put her jars inside this cement mixer, and turn it on, and let that thing sit there and spin. Oh, it spin, yeah. did it spin for spin it and hours? forget it. Uh, it, five it, five it, hours. Five hours of just yeah. spinning, and it was just it was wild because you know you're in a distillery. <laughs> And she had him roll this cement mixer inside <laughs> yeah. this distillery. It was awesome. You got to go watch the episode. I, I couldn't. I was just like, at first, because you didn't know, like you saw it sitting back, you're like, is that a cement like, mixer? What is it? And, and you know, I'm like, man, they're gonna make mash in it. You know, like I, I <laughs> right? throw, jet, I know. I throw just a gentle agitation and get it spinning. Honestly, you I've, know, I like, thought of ways to now implement that. I was like, that worked well on a lot of levels, and I'm very like. That was that and the oxygen canisters. Like nice. with aging, one of the nice things is that micro oxidization that just kind of mellows everything out. So I went to five different fucking Rite Aids trying to find can compressed awesome. oxygen because I couldn't fly with it on the plane. Yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to find that and I purged the jars and then shut them and then put them in the cement mixer. So as it was agitating, it was also like oxidizing. Nice. What did you think of a cement mixer, though? Weed. <laughs> My best friend and I yeah, just got done. baked, and we were like, okay, how are yeah. we going to do this? That, uh, and, uh, the first Dylan, thought was a paint. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, the first thought was a paint can mixer, but I was uh -huh. too worried about putting a glass jar on a paint can shaker, and I was like, that's going to launch off yeah. and kill someone. Or it shatter. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that. yeah. Yeah. And then shatter like, I don't, would be the worst. But I don't have a jar anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you'll end up introducing oxidation. Like, you'll just over-oxidize it and just bubbles, everything else. Yeah. So then I was thinking maybe like a gin fizz shaker. But then that's more meant to just like hold a... A shaker, like a shaker tin. So yeah, yeah, we eventually settled on a cement mixer and Instapack expanding chemical foam. So how did you it. get the cement mixer from Oregon <laughs> to Tennessee? Uh, <laughs> well, I got on the internet and I rented it from the Home Depot that was by the airport. Nice. But my rental car was a Fiat. So it's basically the same size awesome. as a cement mixer. That's awesome. This just keeps getting better. Yeah. Really big easy. Uh, I keep asking questions. This just keeps getting better and better. Like, deeper and deeper oh, and deeper. So the hot cost of this tournament. How did you get it in the Fiat? You know? uh, I 
didn't. I asked the production team if they could come pick it up. So they drove the van out. I loaded it in. And then uh, they took it off. And I went on my hour and a half long journey after getting off the flight to find canned oxygen. I ended up, I went down two Rite Aids. And then I went to another one and then ended up back up in Sevierville (laughs) before finally going down. So were you... Were you as nervous the second round? Um, or more? I so I was actually a lot less nervous. I was trying more kind of out of the box things, but I wasn't letting myself get stressed about it. Some of it is definitely having the cameras on, making sure you don't look like a total fucking idiot. But this time I was just like, I just want to have fun. Like I had so much fun, and I didn't think that it showed. Or, like, I was too stressed. And so this time I just really wanted to go have fun, do this experience again. Because it was one of the best things I had ever done. And I just didn't get in my head about it. Uh, And it turned out pretty good. (laughs) That's hard to do. You know, you get in your... Yeah. Sometimes you're your own worst enemy at times, you know? Oh, the imposter syndrome. Even, like, (laughs) you drop a tri-clamp and you're like, ugh. But then, like, imagine doing that on national television. Mm-hmm. Or, like, when my mash bag fell into the pot during the, like, the corner. Oh, thing. I did watch your oh, episode. Yes. My God. Now At I least you're not Big Steve. Oh. Yes. Yeah. This, I literally was, ch- like, thinking of Big Steve. And I was like, okay, just get taller. Get stronger. Just get it up. I was like, what would Big Steve do? So I just, like pulled that container over and I just started like chucking it out. Oh my God. I'm glad that they only put two of the swear words that I said um, because they were like a lot more. And my grandma's been like watching it and enjoying it. And I thought for sure when they put me saying like fuck and shit on TV, they'll bleep out. I thought I was going to get an earful, but she was like, the only thing she said was, of course you said it's a boy when you pulled the bag out. She was That's like, funny. that is, yes. And I was like, I wanted to die. <laughs> I was That's so funny. stressed out. <sighs> That's awesome. And then they didn't put this in. I was very sad about it. So I made a huge mess all over myself, all over my still, all over the floor. And when the judges came back in for the deliberation, uh, I think it was Digger, uh, but he looked at me, looked at my cell, and he was like, well, Michaela, by the powers of, deduct- uh, powers of deduction, I do believe that is where you were distilling. And I was like, oh, well, you, whatever gave you that idea? <laughs> Super smooth. <laughs> it's all about being smooth. Michaela, I, I mean, maybe they've talked about it before, but are there other, like, what motivated you to be a distiller? Like, was there other, just you saw it, you wanted to do it? Were there other Good females question. in the industry? Got a family or history in distillation? Are you here today? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, one of my uncles, when I was younger, did a lot of home brewing, and I'd seen both, like, the success of that and then also the failed batches. I think my aunt, I came over to their house and it just smelled like root beer. And I guess a couple of his uh, experiments had blown up in their garage. 
<laughs> so I've always had a family who's like into the experimentation and I love cooking and making stuff for people. I do knitting and crocheting. Like I do a lot of crafty things because I like gifting something to someone that I made and then watching them enjoy it. So like food, crafts, alcohol, like I just want to share my creativity and hopefully like other people like it. Hell yeah. But at the same time, like everybody likes it. I mean, people got their taste. You know what I mean? Right. Not and I know it can't be all else. things to all people. Yeah. I mean, that's like part people. of what makes this industry doable is that so many people like so many different things. Because if everyone just liked one thing, only one company making any one thing would be in business. And then the rest of us would be fucked. <laughs> like, right. Absolutely. Um, so my question is for both you, Michaela, and Sean. Um Michaela, you talked about how you asked the producers and everything to go and pick up the cement mixer. Um, how much does Master Distillers actually help you with what you need or something that, along the process of stuff you guys have in place to help you get it there? So that was a sort of, I guess outline thing. Normally you're not allowed to bring any of like your own equipment. Or, like, you bring your ingredients, and then they provide what you are going to make it on. But this one was a little different. So I had the idea. I was like, I'll pay for it, but I'm not going to be able to transport it. So they were able to work with me and help facilitate that. But for the most part, like, you're on the hook for getting your materials down there. Yeah, my. Okay. Uh, How uh, much sugar did you take, Sean? All of it. <laughs> Any available? Uh, yeah, it's down there at Sugarlands, actually. <laughs> he was he, he was he was he was stealing everybody's while they was sleeping. Sean was hoarding it. Everybody well, woke up, should... all their sugar was gone. So Sean had it all. I actually took my. Uh, so I was talking to Jimbo, and he said, "Take everything that you think you might need." You know, he said because they probably won't let you use it unless everybody uses it. Mm -hmm. Right, so, yeah. or better to have it. Better to have it and not need it, you know. Exactly. Yeah, you like the sugar, right? You know. Yep. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have it, you can't use it, right? Like, like before you went, you well, you had no idea they was giving you an hour to mash in, right? They told oh, us three hours to begin with. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I'm just gonna take it, it's just in case. And then we got there, and they're like, no, you get one hour. I'm like, well, fuck that. I'm, I'm not gonna worry about this. I'm just gonna dump sugar in and roll. How with can, it. Yeah, you don't have time. You don't have time to, to gelatize to convert and. Well, no. so they, yeah, like an hour is still rough for that. But when I did the absinthe episode, we had to both make our mash and pitch our yeast after the hour. But okay. then after that, they had changed it. I think it was the high proof guys that were like, we can't make a high proof mash and have it be chilled in an hour. Yeah, and I was like, away. we can tell them no. You know, they give you five, what, five days for your mash? You know, yeah. what if your mash ain't ready in five days? That's what I'm saying. So, you know, that's just, there's, shit a, out of luck. there's a lot of obstacles, man. There really sure. are. You just face a lot of obstacles in that. And, well, and that's part of why yeah. I simplified it so much yep. the second time is, when I, the first time I did it, I was like, I'm gonna, I made it like I was going to in Portland, like grade all the beats, do the beat mash, 
do the charcoal, add the finding agent, like strain the mash. Like I developed this recipe trying to keep stuff under an hour without actually knowing what all was expected to be within that hour. So then the second time when we were filming, uh, we actually made the corn liquor and the brandy mashes at the same time. We had two hours to do both. But I planned on an hour for each. So yeah. some people got to have as much time as they needed for their stuff because right. they could like budget them. And so I just like, fuck, fuck it. Like one after another. Like, I'm just going to do them both. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, editing team. I made your <laughs> lives a lot simpler. Because <laughs> I was like, just stick to the plan. Like, don't change it. This is what you tried to do. This is not a wrench or a I guess like a variable that needs to be addressed. Like just do what you came to do. So what what kind of yeast did you use when you were filming? And were you were you concerned with the temperature of the building? You know, because I know when when we got there, I mean it was like fucking ninety five degrees. Oh my god, that was so miserable. So I went later in September this time. Um, so it was almost two years though. So it was like mid early or late August, early September the first time. And then this time I went end of September, early October. So one, I was a lot less sweaty on set, which thank God. <laughs> Sweating through mics, like, oh my God. It's like it's my rosacea. I'm fine. <clears throat> um but I yeah, it was with my rosacea. Was it? <laughs> I got the same problem. Right? You have like one sip of something or like I was just in Seattle and some of my aunt's family is from uh, Tanzania, like Zanzibar. And so like they have amazing hot sauces and like hot condiments and I love that shit. But as soon as I just like smell it, my cheeks instantly get red and I just like start sweating. So I'm like enjoying this food so much and they're like, are you okay? Is that too hot? Like, I'm like, no. I am simultaneously enjoying this while my body thinks it is dying. Yep. Like I'm well, fine. <laughs> just, just right. You keep me at an even temp. Yes. My extra efficient temperature regulation system. <laughs> the perpetually perspirant. Do my ears <laughs> turn into like hot lava? Like anytime? Yeah. Like it's yeah, hell yeah. What's wrong with your ears? Nothing. I'm just no. enjoying myself. Yep. <laughs> I'm just a little warm. Just yeah. A little warm. yeah. Uh, exactly. Well, a little did, too close to that still. Did um <laughs> uh, thank did, God I didn't put my face to it to check it. <laughs> Just go up red, 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 red. Like, oh. it's like how I check my kids for a fever. Let me see how hot this motherfucker is. <laughs> I mean, it is a very sensitive part of you. You could definitely tell if it was hot. Wish I would have been told, hey, Anthony, don't lay your hand on it. We're just, straight, we're just barely putting it by it. Just a little you know, soft touch. Soft touch. Well, it's, like, <laughs> next time we're around one, I'm going to look at you and be like, all right, man. So uh, where's that? Mm-hmm. Anthony, do the quick test and see how that yeah. is. See if you burn your <laughs> hand. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I, I know exactly how hot it's supposed to be. <laughs> I'll do hot, right? so. If you can't hold it longer than a couple seconds, then you probably ought to let go. Yeah. Bro, it's not <laughs> it. it looks like searing a steak. You got to go in slow. And, uh... 
you gotta caress. And Biggie's just like, How's it feel? I'm like, It's <laughs> fucking hot. It's, <laughs> it's hot. hot. It's hot. It's it feels good, like regret and sadness. That's how yeah, it feels. It was, it was, <laughs> all regret, regret and pain. So, then, um, so going on Master Distiller twice, do you think the knowledge gained from all the people around you and the knowledge you soaked up, did it really help help your what you try to achieve distilling? Like, have, do you try new things that you've learned, or, or you know, did you pick up some things from some people there? Oh, for sure. Um, Again, like before I went on the show, I didn't have as much experience with making mashes uh, and doing the full fermentation route outside of beer. And so they're, I mean, doing the show once, sure, okay. But then the second time, like, I think one of the fun things about this industry is when you find people that you can truly geek out with, there is just a huge transfer of information because mm-hmm. some people can talk about their day jobs or their interests, hobbies, passions, and you could talk about it with your average layperson, and they'll have like a pretty deep understanding or at least like a competently surface level. But with distilling, there are a lot of things where you use like shorthand or yeah. like just the regular terms and people have to stop you and then be like wait what's that mean so then you gotta like go back but with distillers you go on these like it's like the google spiral or like wikipedia where you like look up one thing and then you like look at things that are related and you all just like info dump on you people on each other because you don't have this opportunity to just like Bleh. like just talk with people about <laughs> it yeah you know, I, I i can I, I really think that's it's true because you know the first time i'd ever seen uh moonshine or essential oils being ran um was you know big easy when he gave us that opportunity being able to just uh partake in something like that and you know since then i've gotten a couple uh kegs and and you know i'm working on trying to put together a still i'm trying to you know do these things but I realized in the moonshine game, there's so many different people. And if you ask one person, they're like, oh, that's a shit way of doing it. You ask another guy, they're like, dude, there's nothing wrong with that. It's absolutely okay to do it that way. And then you just mm-hmm. have so many opinions out there and you get all these uh, different ways of doing moon. I, first off, I never realized how many different ways, like the, yeah. you know, that people do their process. And, and a lot of people are really stuck and just doing it one way but in all actuality there's so many different awesome ways to create a good product uh and i know hey fuck i'm excited you know yeah yeah hey, me too been- i gotta watch you touch that still again yeah, I can't wait. I'm putting something electronic on that bitch to tell me what it's at. That's what this, I'm this time I'm, I'm I'm putting a, a copper E on there so when he touches it, it's there forever. here's a a question i do have for you guys um and this is just from a dumbass fat boy asking that doesn't know a whole lot about anything but uh how much of a difference does it make like having kegs as your you know still uh running into copper versus having all copper versus all stainless like 
what does that process change? Like, do you really, uh, you the, I mean, if you run the same exact thing through three different still set up differently, do you actually get a different flavor? Um, I think, yeah, like short answer. Yes. Um, but you also run, like, if you do all copper, it has a really nice, like filtration. It helps pr pull out some of the like flavor impurities, but stainless steel, like, holds like you have a lot more temperature control so like there's a sort of pass off between like convenience and like rectification but at the same time like you can adjust for that in your recipes so i'd say like you could through a process like filtration other elements like you could on different equipment eventually get to a very similar product from each one of those pieces of equipment. It's a learning process. I mean, it's right. just, yeah. you, have you have to learn, to, like, learn how have. to, yeah. Everything's a little different. So it's going to mm -hmm. change the smallest thing. It's going to make a big mm -hmm. difference. Like, let's be for real, man. If, if Sean's drinking three, if you're drinking three beers and one's in, one's in a can, one's in a glass and one's in a, a plastic cup. We just talked about that. All three of them are going to taste differently. Let's Dude, I've never drank bottled beer in the last week. I've really been heavy on bottled beer. And my wife's tried a Miller Lite inside of a bottled beer. So it tastes so much different. It, it's yeah. it's it, different, you know. It, it is. It is. And, well, I, you and know, true. Man. That's how it is, you know. So, yeah. like, and, and it doesn't matter if it's the same mash and three different stills. Something's going to be different. Yep. But yeah. if yeah. you oh, notice, most, um, go to most distilleries they'll either have an all copper setup or it'll be a stainless pot and then copper everything else copper because yeah. most of the issues is well not issues but um <clears throat> as far as copper like you want copper in the vapor path because that's mm -hmm. where you know it pulls all the sulfates out and all that shit but uh i mean some of the best liquor i ever had came out of a beer keg really it was a, it was, it was a fucking beer keg and it had copper piping <laughs> okay that's cool yeah. it's also like it's easy easier to clean easier yep. to keep in good maintenance um and it's just like it's convenient and mm -hmm. whatever makes it easier to enjoy your hobby mm -hmm. while also allowing you to make a product that you're proud yeah. of yeah yeah i'll never that's, forget that's the best right all there that your way yeah big easy when we were sitting at over at your place Oh, I was literally out of scale zero to 10 on being nervous. I was an 8.5 <laughs> because at one point he was like mixing together some hardening stuff. And he's like, I was like, why are you putting that around that thing? He's like, so it doesn't blow up. And I was like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I was like, could it blow up still? And he's like, yeah, I mean, we'll keep an eye on it. I was like, so the whole time he's over by there and he's about to catch his pants on fire and he's not worried about that. He's worried about putting this, uh, Concoction around it, so yeah. Rye flour and water. The whole time, I'm like, let's go get subs, so I'm not here when this motherfucker blows. I was like, he's like, it's still a possibility, you know. If you don't pay attention, I'm like, so I have the best. It'll blow later. Yeah, it'll blow later. So, all right, go ahead with your story. I have the best practical joke story I think I've ever heard, and like, my dad is the king of good practical jokes, and like, is just. I don't want to say like sociopathic, but just like has enough distaste for humanity that like he pushes the line, but he's not like an actual monster. So he's been a mechanic. I was like, and you know exactly who I'm talking about. 
<laughs> You've met this person before. Um, so he was a mechanic my whole life. And there was this person working in the shop that was, I mean, for that person's whole life has been absolutely worthless. And it was no different in the shop. And he was having to do his first airbag change. And all of the guys in the shop are like stressing him out. They're like, dude, if you don't do it right, it'll blow up in your face. And they've got like a chemical in it that helps it expand. And if that gets on you, like it's going to eat your fucking face off. They're like, it's so dangerous. Like you have to be so careful. So he's like, like stressed out, but he's got to do it. So he's getting everything set up and he's like, gingerly installing this airbag and obviously their shop has cement floors and they have bar stools that have stainless steel feet on them and so <laughs> my dad comes around behind him with one of the stools my dad's like 5'11 and he picks up the stool and slams it down on the ground as hard as he can right behind this guy. And he almost went through the sunroof. Poor fella. <laughs> he, no. Poor That's fella. awesome. I know. It, oh. They're, you know, their practical jokes are good sometimes. I used, oh, I used to, I used to roof, I used to do roofing um, right after high school. And I had a bunch of yeah, eons ago. It's, it feels like you when, when I when I had a good back and I, I could walk. And um so we're we're on this job and and we're packing shingles up the ladder and my buddy goes around to the corner to grab something out of the truck. I lay on the ground and I throw a bundle of shingles on my all over me. And he comes over, he thinks I fell off the ladder and the shingles crush me and he's freaking out and I I couldn't hold it. I'm just laughing. And he's like, oh, I hate you, I hate you. It was, it was pretty good. So, I'll I'll just wave, like, ah, ah. <laughs> if I fell, it'd be over. But always like a good joke. So, okay. um, well, I guess before we get out of here, um, Michaela, if you had any advice to give to a beginner um, or even somebody that's you know looking to get into the uh, legal distillery game, what kind of advice would you give her? Same thing with going on the show. Anybody that, you know. Yes. Yep. Just. Um, I would say if you want to be on the show, I mean, since I didn't apply, um, mine is kind of skewed. But if you're making something that is, like, exciting or unique, like, really blast it on social media. Like, mm. that is how they found me, was me posting about stuff, other people posting about my stuff. Um, I know that is kind of the new way of, yeah, of getting stuff out into the universe. Um, but as far as getting into legal distilling, just look for opportunities. Um, hi, Joe. Uh, I just asked around. I made myself available since mm -hmm. I was doing, uh, Offsite events. Like I talked with every other distillery that was at those events. I made connections. I made friends. Like it's a networking industry and it's a lot easier to hire someone that you have like met and interacted with than someone just off the street. It's not like a full nepotism industry, but like not being an asshole and being in the environment where people might want to hire uh, people, like it goes a long mm -hmm. way. 
be persistent and be adorable. Those are my my what? two biggest tips, and they so, served me well. <laughs> you you, you <laughs> lost four of us on the last part. Like, there's no adorable about any of us. Any four. person can be adorable. First off, you just yeah. have to find what makes you easy. cute. Like anybody <laughs> can be cute. I know what I'm looking at over here, Sturge. I feel very. <laughs> very, very, very <laughs> I have a Mickey Mouse. Perfect. That's head. fucking cute. You hey, got you cute. Bald hey, heads. Yeah. That's cute. Like yeah. everything Listen, is cute. You do have ears on your headphones, but I got Mickey Mouse on my head. But they yeah, would look great ears. with cat ears on his head. That is. Oh, I was yeah, gonna say, get a fucking cat. Yeah. Everyone loves a cat. Yeah. In your interview, yeah. they, when they're like, "Do you have any questions for us?" Be like, "Yeah, do you want to see my cat?" Ah! Or find a way to like work that into your interview, and then they'll be like, You have a cat? What's their name? Oh my gosh, do you have pictures? Boom, they will instantly remember you. Especially if you give them crazy names like I do. If you have a chinchilla, that's an auto win. Auto win for a chinchilla. So, yep. Yeah, you got to give them wild names, you know. What's your cat's name? Mine's Lady Meowington, and we got another one. Her name's Meemaw Katsky. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, I have a worthless basset hound if anybody wants it. I, I got a poodle that's pretty worthless. But... <laughs> Big Easy's met the old basset hound. But she ain't too bad, though. Daisy, bad. You, you walk into the studio, Daisy's running down the stairs like people. Yeah, Aww. she's an interesting dog. Her ears are too big for her body. <laughs> I know, I know how it is. Uh, my, yeah. my, my head's too big for my body, so I think <laughs> my body. You have a big head, and I have a bigger head. That's crazy. <laughs> we can't fit on the same screen. That's right. That's why I got it so far away. I know. You gotta do yeah. All right, we're gonna let everybody get out of here. We're we kind of got off the rails. Um, oh no, that never happens with me. Never happens, but same <laughs> yeah, I never, never got off the rails. That's why so. all my friends on the show stayed up until 4 a.m. when they had to film. I'm like, no, come on. I'll get you a jacket. It's not that cold. Just one more drink. It's fine. Don't worry about it. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> this is my kind of person. I know, right? <laughs> Yeah. I, I am the enabler of fun. But uh, also I, I will challenge you to that. Let's have a good time. Yeah. So <laughs> Hopefully, um, maybe you can make it to the jam next year, Michaela. That would be... Uh, so that I was awesome. going to make it this year, um, but I had some things come up that I wasn't able to. Um, but I am definitely thinking uh, popcorn sun jam or summer jam next year. Nice, nice. I'm gonna uh, do it. I've got my rainbow overalls already. <laughs> Sean's got a pair of them too. Oh, <laughs> are they? Mine are hey. pants overalls. Yeah. I'll make sure I bring my extra pair. You can wear the long ones. I did. Oh, I call them it's all good. I got a set of overalls. <laughs> yeah. They won't fit me since he's talking to Sean. So. <laughs> we'll just put it hat on you. We'll put it on um, Lady Mowington. I appreciate you guys having a, letting us uh, ruin your podcast here, man. Uh, we appreciate y'all hopping in, asking questions. My, my arm was so. hurting for a minute. So, yeah, <laughs> twisting it, huh? So uh, we appreciate everybody listening. Um, you know, you want to listen it again? Come back, check us out. Check us out on Spotify. We'll be here. We'll see y'all next Monday. Sean, who we got? Um, uh, I have to look. That's why I put him on the spot. So I like Joe's thighs. Ain't too bad, man. So. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> what are the best? Hey, in and out, man. Next week we've got a 
fellow by the name of Bill Cluck. It's going to be a good one. Oh, boy. We got old Bill Cluck on next week. Huh? Definitely got to check that out. Nah, it's going to be a good one. If you know, you know. If you don't, ask. We'll tell you. Check so have, I know next Monday. Yep, y'all have a great night. Stick around for the after show if, if you're on the, on the feed. If not, you know, you guys can miss out on that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Sean is a dick. You're a dick, Sean. Sean's an asshole. That's why. Sean's I, an I, I'm suspending Sean for a week. Sean, you're suspended. Nice Pete. Sean. Well, at least Sean's, Sean's here. Everybody have a great night, man. Everybody shine on. Thank, thank you so much, Michaela. It was an honor. Bye. Oh, thank you so much. And.